Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. I am so happy to be here. We are so grateful for all of you guys that contact us constantly about how the show has impacted your life. It's not just me. Let me put that out there. There is a huge team of people that make this thing work. And it is music to my ears because we are all working for the glory of the Lord. And I'm so happy to get into another year of serving you guys um, every day at 3.30. To all my podcast listeners, listen, y'all been downloading a lot. We were shocked when we pulled the numbers. Welcome. Welcome to the show today. I have got a guest that I personally just adore. I had her on the show a couple of years ago, and I just felt there. You know how you just have like Dan, you have like just this yes in your spirit when you meet someone. You're like, oh yeah, she's 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 got it. She's got she's got. I don't know what it is, but you just agree. She's back with me today. I'm going to introduce her in a minute, but I have to say, the Lord has rocked my world. He has, I I mean miracles miracles. You do not realize when you say no to what God is asking of you, you don't realize how much that no cost you. If we would have said no 10 years ago, we would literally have, I wouldn't know Jess Connolly. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't have been able to minister for the gospel of Jesus Christ these 10 years, me along with my team working hard. Um, so say yes. So say yes. When God says, listen, um, this is what I've set aside for you. Say yes. And I'm telling you what, 10 years later, you're going to look back and say, that was the best decision I ever made. The hardest, (laughs) it almost killed me, but it is the best decision uh, that I've ever made. So I'm just going to say on behalf of my whole team, thank you for supporting us for 10 years and happy birthday to us. I would sing, but I'm not a great singer. Maybe I'll have Dan sing at the end of the show. And right in line with that, we are going to go to my guest, Jess Connolly. Like I said, she's, she is, um, I had her on the show a couple of years ago. She's written another book. It is called, You Are the Girl for the Job, which I didn't even plan this, but it goes perfectly into what I just said. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Jess Connolly. How are you, my dear? So blessed, so blessed to be here with you guys. You have the best time and I love hanging with you. <laughs> Well, we love hanging with you, too. I love hanging with you. I, I, I was just talking before we went on air. I, I follow you on Instagram. And so and it's crazy how social media has kind of opened up this world. Like, um, you know, you hear people's thoughts. You see what they're doing. You see how God is blessing. And man, I am such a fan, Jess. You are just killing it for the Lord. I, it is such a joy to be able to say ditto. Thanks. I'm so <laughs> grateful for your ministry and the words you share and your energy and all of it. It's a blessing. I love it. Love it. Okay. So you wrote this book, you are the girl for the job. And, um, I, I like it for so many reasons, but one of the things that I really love, and I get this question all the time is, okay, I have this purpose for my life. 
Um, I know God is, wants me to do this, but where do I start? And that one line has sucked me in because so many people have this question. Talk to me about, you don't have to answer that question right now, but I want to know your heart behind you or the girl for the job. And then eventually, if you could answer that question, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. My heart behind you are the girl for the job was essentially this. I was I'm living this life of mission. My husband and I lead a church here in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm an author. I get to travel and teach the Bible. I get to coach women in their God-given mission. And I went through a season where I just really had to face um, some of my biggest fears actualized in my own inadequacy, my own failure, my own um, lack of capacity to do what God asked me to do. And I felt like I had this choice moving forward that I could spend every day the rest of my life really intimidated by my own humanity and my own lack of ability to do things. And I could stay small and scared and hide and quit, or I could move forward believing in God's power and God's capacity at work within me. I could kind of move forward believing that not only had he made me who I am on purpose and that he wasn't like disappointed or shocked or frustrated that I am who I am, but also that he's placed me where I'm at on purpose and that he will then give me what I need and let his power be made perfect in my weakness. And so, I mean, you know, it's funny, we talk about Instagram, we talk about social media, but everybody is, all of us, we're all putting our best foot forward on social media. And I find so many of us are actually just terrified and scared and <laughs> Um, you know, shaking in our boots. And also so many of us are feeling like we don't um, fit in even where we're at, where we're already at. We feel like we're not, we don't have the ability to do the things we're already doing. And on top of that, then there's so many things that we're called to do that we're going to be asked to step into. And if we don't even feel adequate and capable to do the things that we're doing right now, how in the world are we going to do anything new? How in the world are we going to take on any new calls from God? And so I, I kind of wrestled with the idea that God's placed me where I'm at on purpose, that he's made me the girl for the job that he's placed me in. And if I could kind of shake through that and get to some biblical understanding of why I could really believe that he would give me what I need, that I, that I could share that with other women. And so um, it's just been my joy to get to walk women through this process of understanding that his capacity plus our obedience equals abundance. Amazing. I think uh, one thing that you said that I, that I uh, jotted down just to go back to, you said, um, how do I get past staying small or um, how do I get past it? And I think um, that, that can so resonate with so many people. I'm just going to stay small I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to be comfortable because I know that I'm accepted where I am. I know that I can sort of um, move through life where I am comfortably. And um, talk to me about those people that are listening today that are like, man, I know what I should be doing, but I, I just right now they've chosen to stay small. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like heaven's coming for all of us. If by grace through faith, we believe in Jesus, like he's the prize, we win, we get to be with him for eternity, amen, that's good. But we have this one very short life, and 
I don't know. I'm an overthinker, and I'm, I'm the kind of person, if I, like, stare in the mirror too long and I, I look at myself, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is life. And that kind of, that kind of quickening and that realization that this is it leads me to believe that he just would not have us waste our time. Yeah. And what's more for me, I'm so motivated and so spurred on by the pain and um, the process and the struggles that the people around me are going through. I think sometimes when we're tempted to to play small or to stay home or to keep our gifts to ourselves, it's because we we're just we just don't have our eyes open to the pain of the people around us. Mm. But our world is hurting. Yeah, I mean, it, we do not have to go far to find someone hurting. Yeah, and. I have to believe that God has given us what we need to use what we've got to love and serve others, to bring him glory, but also to, to work for the good of others. And so I think I'm a firm believer that we're all changing the world every single day. We just don't have an option. If you stay home and eat mac and cheese in your pajamas, you're changing the world mm. just by not leaving the house, mm. um, just by being a consumer, just by breathing the air. And so we are all absolutely shifting the world every single day. And therefore, with with God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, partnering with him to shift how eternity is going to look. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we're changing the world one way or another. Might as well use all that we've got to try to shift it and change it, change it for his glory and the good of others. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's almost like, like um, you know, like, why are you here? <laughs> You know, do you want, just like what you just said, you want to make an impact? I, I have I have yet to meet someone that says, no, I don't want to impact people for good. I don't want to do that. Right. Um, everyone wants to influence someone for good, and um, but it's a choice. You have to move past yourself. Uh, okay. Uh, you talk about running. Uh, let me let me get this this straight. Um you, I'm just going to read that. I'm just going to read this. Your public publicist sent this over, but I really like this question. You talk about taking yourself out of the running to be the best. I love that. I want you to talk about that uh, for a second. Those of those of us that are listening right now that are like, oh, yes, um, I'm going to try so hard that I'm the best at this. Uh, that is exhausting. Why don't you, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, this takes real hard, honest soul work, right? For us to be honest, that we are kind of most of us constantly competing. And even Mm. those of us who are like, no, I'm not competing. I don't measure up. You're placing yourself somewhere in a scale of like good to better to best to worst where you say you don't measure up. So you're, Mm. so you're also measuring your potential, your impact, those sorts of things. And so a Especially um, as I write to women and I, as I coach women, I see this in women everywhere. In the different roles they've been placed in, they measure, we measure often our energy and our input based on what we think our output is. Mm. So if you think you're a good mom, you usually like give it your all. If you think you're a bad mom, you kind of live into that. Mm. If you think you have the potential to impact people and to love and to serve people, then you kind of go into each day with that that awareness. If you don't, you can kind of like sloth into the day, like not really giving your all or not really giving a lot of energy. And so not only do we kind of live into what we believe our capacity or our measured output is, but more than that, 
we spend a lot of our energy comparing ourselves to other people, comparing ourselves to our past versions of ourselves, comparing ourselves to people we don't know, comparing ourselves to our future (laughs) versions of ourselves, when what really, really, really matters is our actual selves who are here today. Mm. Um, what, who, where we really have power is what Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, is that his power is made perfect in our weaknesses. Mm. And so right where we're at today with our fallibilities, with our problems, with our pain, with our weaknesses, but also with our strengths and our gifts and our unique stories, like this person today who sits right here is the one who has the potential to change the world. Mm. So... I think we have to really kind of get quiet and get honest about the ways that we're competing mm. um, and the ways that we're trying to measure up and just quit that before we yeah. even get started and say, like, I'm not I'm not in competition with anyone else, not myself, not any not any other people I know or don't know. I'm just here giving what I've got today. It's so crazy how, you know, someone will have just started in whatever ambition they have and they compare themselves to someone that's been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> it's like, it's an, it's, it's quick and easy to look at someone else and think, wow, they're doing that. And I'm not, but they've also been at it for so much longer. Like comparison is such a lie. You don't know what other people have gone into to get where they are. You don't understand. It is like, it is the biggest lie. I think it's one of the best tools the enemy has too, to get us discouraged, frustrated, and in your own words, staying small. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be that. So I'm not going to do anything or I'm not going to take a risk because it'll never turn out like that. But um, we, uh, so many times we have no idea what other people, um, are working towards what they've got, what they've gone through, how long they've been doing things. It's just a lie. Comparison is such a lie. You're right. It's who you are today. Um, I want to talk about you sort of overcoming this, this fear um, and stuff to just, to just sort of uh, accept what God is asking of you. You clearly, I'm a big scripture girl. um, And I know that you are too. What are some scriptures that you went to and stood on to say, you know what? I am going to believe this and not how I feel. I'm going to believe this and not my fear. I'm going to believe this. What are some, what are just some nuggets that the listeners can pull from and stand on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my big one, I got a few. First Peter two, nine has always done me very good. You are a chosen people, a Royal priesthood. Um, You've been brought out of darkness to be an ambassador of light. I, I tell people all the time, if you, I think if you read first Peter two, nine over yourself every day, um, and I don't know what could happen in a year, but I think some pretty wild things could happen <laughs> if you actually believe that scripture about yourself, about what God says about himself. And so that helps me so much. I mean, all of first Timothy, mm-hmm. um, first and second Timothy regarding, um, not holding back, but stirring up our gifting, not agreeing with the spirit of timidity, but agreeing with the power and the love and the self-discipline that we've been given. I always love, it's so interesting that Paul pits power, love, and self-discipline mm. against timidity and against fear. Um, because when we make actions based on the power and the potential that God has in our life, when we, when we, make actions based on our love for others and our love for God. And when we even make actions, you know, rooted out of self-discipline and self-control and showing up every day and being consistent, that those things act 
simply fight fear and timidity. And so I love those scriptures. I love all of um, Isaiah 61, which is a oh, prophecy about Jesus. Yes. But Jesus is alive in us. If by grace through faith, we walk with him. And so knowing that he came to set the captives free, that he came to bring an end to mourning, to bring joy where there was once mourning, and that he and his power is alive and active in my life. And so I have access to those same things too, as I move out into the world. Um, those are some big ones for me. First Peter 2, 9, first and second Timothy and Isaiah 61. Oh, so good. Meaty listeners. There's, there's just something to chew on. Um, go home and read all of those things. Um, you are the girl for the job is the name of the book. Jess Connolly is with me today uh, talking through purpose. So where do you start? How do you overcome this mindset of fear and step into what God calls you uh, to do? You write a lot about Moses in your book. Um, what I named my baby son Moses. Okay. And I named <laughs> and he knows why he's named Moses. And he will tell you, mom, I went to Mount Sinai. And I'm like, you didn't go there. But, <laughs> but yes, the Moses that you're named after went to. So we're we're learning all about Moses and uh, in our home because of Moses. Uh, but you also love Moses too. Talk to me about why Moses is so significant in your book. Yeah, I love Moses. Um, I, the reason why I love Moses is because he's like the original guy saying, I'm not the guy for the job. <laughs> God comes to him with this incredible calling, this incredible opportunity to use what he's been given, to be placed where he's at, and um, to serve people, to change the world. And God continually tells Moses, um, I'm going to do this. Mm. I'm going to do this. I am who I am. I'm going to do this through you. In fact, every time God tells Moses what's going to happen, he says, like, I will do it. I yeah. will change Pharaoh's heart. I will bring the people out. Um, and Moses continually says back to God, but like, but how will I? And so I love Moses because not only does he eventually, you know, relent and step into this incredible call on his life and and then experience just extreme intimacy with God over and over and over again because he says yes and because he loves people well and because he serves. But he has that extreme moment of hesitation and, and he experiences it again later in his ministry. Um, just, you know, looking at his brother Aaron and saying, like, I think Aaron would be better for this. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't think you've got the right guy. Yeah. Um, some of the other reasons I love Moses is he has an incredibly messy path. Yeah. So many of us think that the starting line for ministry is, you know, seminary or um, people coming to you and saying, like, oh, you're such a gifted whatever, like you need to do this more often. Or we think of the starting line for our, our mission or our ministry being like a, a really great mood board. Um, and Moses' starting line for mission that would change his life and change the course of eternity was murder. Yeah, I mean, he got so mad he killed someone and God commissioned him after it. Um, and so it's just such a good reminder for us that like, absolutely, do we want to commit murder to find our calling? Nope. But... <laughs> Um, for so many of us, where we believe that our past disqualifies us from what God's asked us to do. And in reality, he is going to utilize our story and our pain and even our regret over our past sin and our past mistakes to fuel us for a life of mission. I love Moses so much. I would say he is, other than Jesus, the one person in the Bible who I have studied the most. So I love that he has such a prominent um, voice in your book and, uh, love it. Okay. Mary Magdalene, why is she in the book? Tell me about it. 
Oh, Mary, Mary, Mary. I love Mary so much. <laughs> I got obsessed with Mary Magdalene a few years ago because I realized that she was the first human to see the resurrected Jesus. Oh, yes. And I think that was incredibly intentional by Jesus. Um, Peter and John had come to the tomb after he had already um, risen from the dead, and he did not appear to them. He waited until they left, and he appeared to Mary Magdalene, and he commissioned her, and he said, go and tell the brothers that I am who I said I was, that I'm alive, that I'm here. A lot of theologians call Mary the apostle to the apostles because she was the mm. first one to go tell even the apostles, like, he is alive. Mm. Um, you know, I've seen him. Mm. Um, and I got obsessed with Mary, and there's all these rumors about who she was and what she did. A lot of people get confused. She's not Mary, the, the sister of Lazarus. She's not Mary, um, the prostitute who some people, you know, equate her to being like a lady of the night. That was not her story. There's a lot of Marys in the scripture. (laughs) There's a lot of Marys. There's a lot of Marys in in the scripture, and they're very different. And and the scripture tells us which ones they are, where Mm. they're from. Um, But Mary Magdalene was actually a wealthy matriarch. Um, Luke 8 tells us that she supported Jesus' ministry financially and that she traveled with him. Mm. And so we can assume and kind of like put together a lot from her life. We can picture that she probably had kids. She may have even had grandkids by this point. Um, She was the matriarch of her family. She did come from a wealthy family. She did probably abandon um, some of her socio economical expectations to follow him and to Mm. watch his ministry and to be a part of it. But one of the craziest things that scripture tells us about Mary is that probably one of her first encounters with him was when he healed her from demons, Mm. from demon possession. Um, And so Mary's first encounter with Jesus, probably, and she may have seen him before that, or he may have seen her before that, but we, she kind of enters the scene at this point where he has, um, healed her from what the Bible tells us, seven demons. Um, but theologians believe seven probably just meant a ton because yeah. that was the, the number of completion in the Bible, just meaning a multitude of demons. And and so her story is significant for us because, again, we see a woman who, even especially in our modern age, would not be asked to lead the women's ministry. <laughs> she would not be asked to, like, handle the finances or fund the ministry yeah. or be up close and personal. And, um, and yet Jesus saw her. He knew her story. He had an intimate hand in seeing her come from death to life and darkness to light. And he still chose her to be the first person to tell the good news that he was who he said he was. I love it. Um, And so that's so important and pertinent for so many of us. And and more than that, I think it speaks to, I believe that probably Mary's level of devotion to Jesus had a lot to do with the strength of the healing that she had received from him. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's good for us to remember that um, where we have darkness and where we have pain and where we have extreme fear and where we have extreme need, in that we experience his power, his presence, his goodness, and that extreme healing and help and hope that God gives us can spur us on to be devoted to him, to, to share the good news with other people. Yes. Amen uh, to all of it. I want to get back to my original question. So we have people listening. No doubt their their spiritual blood is just pumping away. Um, You challenge them. Where do they start? I want to be a Moses is what they're saying. Um, Where do they start, Jess? 
You know, I think one of the greatest places to start is who. Mm. Who who has God given you to love and to serve? Mm. Who is already listening to you? How are they hurting? How do they need encouragement? How are you uniquely wired and equipped to love the people that God has placed in your midst, in your daily life, um, I think a lot of us start with what, like, what are what gifts do I have, and what dreams do I want to accomplish, and what do I want to do with my life? But right now, there are people around you who need God, mm. and there are people around you who need your encouragement. And there are people around you who need what you have, and so I find that not only is who a great place to start, but who is a great place to stay motivated. Yeah. When we really care about people, when we love people, it's so much easier to press through the fear of using our gifts when we use what we've been given and, and we and we stay obsessed with them. It's so much easier to even know what the next step is. When mm. you know who you're ministering to, sometimes the what comes very easily. Mm. Love it. Love it. That's my guest, Jess Connolly. She wrote the book, You Are the Girl for the Job, Daring to Believe the God Who Calls You. It was released in September. You can pick it up anywhere books are sold. Jess, thank you so much for being on the show and just imparting your passion, wisdom. Um, it's, it's just, it's an honor to have you. It is my joy. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for listening. You can catch your girl right back here tomorrow at 3.30 on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.